for Chapter 4 of Mountain Pathways. This is a true mission story, and we are learning about Isabel Kuhn, who is on her way to be a missionary in China. She is beginning to prepare for her missionary work by attending a Bible school. Isabel's years at Bible school went very quickly, and while she was there, she met a young man named John. John was ahead of Isabel in school, but he was also planning to be a missionary in China. When it was time for John to leave for China, Isabel knew that he wanted to marry her. She would have said yes, except for one thing. She thought to herself, God has work for me to do with the Li Su tribes, I'm sure. What if I marry John and he is supposed to work in another part of China that doesn't have the Li Su people? Isabel wanted God's work with the Li Su people to come first place. She really loved John, but she knew that obeying God was more important. After Isabel prayed, she decided to wait a little longer before she agreed to marry John. She had to find out where the mission was going to send him. At last, the answer came. John had been assigned to the province of the Yunnan, and that is the exact province, the exact area or district where the Li Su people lived. Wow, that's special. Well, after the wedding, John and Isabel left Chicago, which is where the Bible school was, and they went to the country town of Chongqing in China. When they got to China, they saw many, many farms, and they saw many Chinese people who did not know about Jesus. Isabel hoped that it wouldn't be long before they could visit the Li Su people who lived in the very far west of the country. But in the meantime, she had to get used to living in China. One of the first things Isabel noticed about the Chinese people was that they never wanted to be alone. They were around Isabel all day long. They were staring at her. She looked different from them. Isabel wished that she could just get away just by herself once in a while. But the Chinese people were always surrounding her and never leaving her alone. And Isabel also found out some other things in China that kind of bothered her. In those days, people in that part of China were very poor. They couldn't bathe or change into clean clothes whenever they felt like it. So the people in China didn't always look or smell very clean. And when they cooked their food, and they had pork, and it was a white pork fat from the animal, and they, they served that, that piece, that pork fat, in big, shiny chunks on top of their rice. And when Isabel tried to eat it, it would make her sick. When she visited the houses of the Chinese people, Isabel saw that the houses were filled with bugs and lice and fleas. Many times, Isabel came home with her legs all covered in bites from the fleas. Isabel wanted to tell the Chinese people about Jesus, and she wished she could ignore the bad smells and the food and the bugs. But she prayed, and she said, Dear Lord, help me not to mind these things, so that Chinese people will be saved. Isabel really did love the Chinese people. It was a challenge for her to be in China and have these difficulties, and trying to get used to how they eat food, and how they look, or how they smell. It was a challenge, and tomorrow we'll learn more about Isabel Kuhn.
want you to imagine something with me today. Imagine you're walking down the road, and on the side of the road, you see a big pile of garbage, and it smells stink. It smells terrible. There's food in the garbage, and it's rotting, and you can smell it, and it's nasty, nasty, nasty. But what would you think if you saw in that big, nasty, stinky pile of garbage a beautiful white flower coming right out of it? And that beautiful white flower just looks so wonderful and so beautiful. That would be a very unusual place for a flower to grow, wouldn't it? The garbage around it only makes the flower look even more beautiful and pure. That pile of garbage and that flower reminds me how God wants you to live if you've believed in Jesus as your Savior. You see, we live in a world full of sin and things that are not pure. That's kind of like the garbage. But God wants you to be pure, like that flower. To be pure is to keep your life free from sin. It is thinking and saying and doing things that are pleasing to God. God is pure. He can never do, say, or think anything that is not completely right and good. God is perfect all the time. If you believed in Jesus as your Savior, God can help you live a pure life. Maybe there are times when people around you want you to do things that are sin, and those things would keep you from living a pure life. Maybe they offer you things like drinking alcohol. Maybe they want you to see videos or movies that are not pleasing to God. Maybe they want you to say certain words that would also not be pleasing to God. Maybe they want to show you pictures that you know do not show good things. Even gossip is a sin. Do you know what gossip is? Gossip is when you talk about others behind their back. Like you spread rumors about people and you talk about them and you tell people others' secrets and things like that. You and I are surrounded by things in this world that are not pure, that are sinful. But the Bible says, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That big word, wherewithal, is another way of saying how. How can we cleanse our way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. That means, how can you keep your way pure? By obeying God. By following what he says in his word, the Bible. The only way to be pure in this sinful world is to listen and obey God. God will help you to be pure. And that pure white flower stands out even more because of all the garbage around it. But how can you live a pure life? The Bible, God's true word, tells us about a young man who had a choice to make. And that young man is Samuel. We started learning about him. And Samuel, we know, is now in the tabernacle. Many hundreds of years before Jesus came to this earth, Samuel lived. Remember how his mother, Hannah, took him to the tabernacle and presented him before Eli the priest? Now Samuel worked in the tabernacle, and he was helping Eli the priest. The priest is the official minister or worship leader for the nation of Israel. Now the tabernacle, I've called it the house of God, but the tabernacle is, I can describe it to you as a beautiful big tent. And it's where God's special people, the Jews, worship God, and it's where the priest, like Eli, 
would work. Samuel probably helped clean the tabernacle. Maybe he filled the lamps with oil, or he took away the ashes after the sacrifices had been made on the altar. Samuel perhaps would make sure that the special robes the priests wore were clean and hanging in the right place. He might have had other important jobs as well. Now the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, they worked in the tabernacle too, but they were very wicked young men. When people came to offer a sacrifice of a lamb or another animal to God, these two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, would take the best parts of the offering for themselves to eat. If the person was not willing to give them what they demanded, then these two sons would order the servants to take it by force. They were not pure. They were selfish and greedy and sinful. God was very displeased with the way that they were acting. We read about it in 1 Samuel 2, 17. It says, The sin of the young men was very great before the Lord. When it says very great, it doesn't mean a good thing. It means it was a lot, so much. Eli's sons were doing many wrong things that did not please God. They were sinning. And even though you might not be doing the things that Eli's sons did, you still sin. And you and I think and say and do things that do not please God. And in the Bible, it says there is none righteous, no, not one. That means no one is completely pure. No one is sinless. If you hit your brother or you call him a mean name, that is sin. When your mom asks you to clean up the house or clean up your bedroom and you don't do it, that is sin. Or even this, if you clean the room like your mother has asked you to, but all the time you're cleaning, you're thinking to yourself, I hate doing this. Mom never lets me have any fun. If you think mean thoughts like that, even while you're doing it, that is sin too. Your thoughts and words matter to God just as much as your actions do. You're born with that want to, that desire to sin, to do things your own way. No one had to teach you how to do things that don't please God. Sin is serious to God because he is holy. That means he's perfect and pure. He's free from any sin and always does what is right. This holy, pure God must punish sin. His punishment for sin is to be forever separated from him in a terrible place of punishment. But God loves you very much. He does not want you to be separated from him. He is the one who made you. He also made the oceans, the trees, the birds, and many other things for you to enjoy. He wants you to live with him in heaven someday. He wants to have a friendship with you even while you're here on earth. So God made a way to forgive your sin. He sent his perfect, only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, from heaven to earth as a baby. When Jesus became a man, he died on the cross and gave his blood to take the punishment you deserve for your sin. The Bible says Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Christ is another name for Jesus. He died. I'm so glad that after Jesus died, though, he didn't stay dead. He came alive again on the third day. He was seen by many people before he went back to heaven. And in heaven, he's there, ruling as king forever. He's preparing a special place in heaven for all who trust in him. And because of what Jesus did, God can make you pure from sin, no matter what those sins are. 
Eli's sons were still choosing to sin. They were doing things that did not please God. They were a bad example for Samuel, who was younger than them. Samuel may have been tempted to do what they were doing. Maybe it looked like doing wrong things was a lot of fun. Samuel had a choice to make. Would he be like Eli's sons, or would he stay pure? One night, God called Samuel. And as God called Samuel, Samuel didn't realize that it was God calling him. He thought it was Eli. So he ran to the priest, Eli. Samuel asked Eli, what do you need? And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down again. So Samuel went back, and he was a bit confused. And again, the Lord called Samuel and said, Samuel, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and he ran to Eli. And Eli said, no, I did not call you. So Samuel went back to bed and a third time he heard the voice, Samuel, Samuel. It was God calling Samuel, but Samuel didn't realize that. One more time, Samuel ran to Eli. This time, Eli realized it had to be God calling Samuel. So Eli told Samuel how to reply when he heard God calling again. He told Samuel to say, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And when Samuel went back to bed, and again he heard the voice calling to him, Samuel said, Speak, for thy servant heareth. Samuel was choosing to listen to God's voice. Listening to God's word is one secret to living a pure life. And if you've believed in Jesus, God can help you live a pure life. We live in a world that is not pure. You can be tempted to think, say, and do things that are not pleasing to God. But when you're tempted to sin, remember, there's four things that you can do. The first thing is read God's word. That's how God speaks to you. God speaks to you in his word, the Bible. As you read the Bible, God tells you things. God tells you what you should obey, what you should remember, and things like that. You should read God's word every day so you can know how to live a pure life. The second thing you should do is obey God's word. It's not enough just to read the Bible, but you need to obey it. The third thing is run away from those temptations. When you get tempted to do something wrong, get away from it. When you're at a friend's house and everybody wants to watch this movie and you know it's a wrong movie to watch, you know it would not be pleasing to God, maybe it's best you leave. If someone is trying to show you bad pictures or take you to websites that show very bad things, then you have to choose to say no and don't look at those things. If someone is wanting you to come with them and go and damage somebody's home or somebody's farm, you have to choose to say no because you know that's displeasing to the Lord. You know doing those things would not keep your life pure run away from those temptations. Sometimes that's very hard to say no to those temptations. When everyone is pressuring you on pushing you to do something wrong, ask God to help you to say no. So we've learned three things so far, what to do when you're tempted. The first thing is read the Bible. The second thing is obey. The third thing is run away from those temptations. But the fourth thing is what you should do if you choose to sin. It's confess your sin to God. 
If you choose to do something wrong and you choose to not keep your life pure, then tell God what you did and ask him to forgive you. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is a very big word for sin. If you confess your sin to God, he will forgive you. He is just. That means he's fair. And he is faithful. Faithful means that he'll always do it. Every single time you ask him, he will be there to forgive you. You can ask God to help you say no to sin. Ask him to help you live a pure life. And if you've believed on Jesus, God can help you live a pure life. Listening to God's word and obeying it will help you live a pure life. And Samuel chose to listen to God's word. God told Samuel that he was displeased with Eli's wicked sons and with Eli for not correcting them. God would have to punish Eli and his sons. And in the morning, when Eli asked Samuel what God had said, Samuel told him everything. Because Samuel listened to God and obeyed, God helped Samuel live a pure life and helped him be very different from Eli's disobedient sons. Samuel chose to keep his life pure. Samuel became a priest and a judge of the Israelite people. He served the Lord faithfully in Israel for the rest of his life. He taught people from God's word, and he helped them to make the right decisions. Samuel's life was so different from Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. God was not pleased with Hophni and Phinehas. Their lives had been disobeying God. God had said they would both die on the same day, and they did. How different their lives might have been if they had asked God to help them live pure lives. But what about you? If you believed on Jesus, remember God can help you live a pure life. The Bible says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. You can find that verse in Psalm 119, verse 9. God wants you to know that how can you keep your way pure? You can keep your way pure by doing those four things that we mentioned earlier. First, reading the Bible. Then, obeying the Bible. When you read and obey the Bible, that is taking heed thereto according to thy word. When it says thy word, that means God's word, the Bible. God wants you to read the Bible and not just to read it, but to obey it, to do what it says to do. Then, the third thing you can do to keep your life pure is to get away from those temptations. When they come your way, and they will come, say no to them. Ask God for courage to say no to them. The fourth thing is, if you choose to sin, then confess your sin to God. Next time you're tempted to look at something that you know is not pleasing to God, or you're tempted to do something that is not pure and does not please God, Will you remember these four things? First, read the Bible. Second, obey the Bible. Third, run away from those temptations. That means don't do it. Say no. And the fourth is, if you sin, confess it to God. Will you choose to do those four things? Will you ask God to help you live a pure life? But if you've never believed in Jesus, you don't have God's power to help you live a pure life. First, you need to trust in Jesus to make you pure from sin and give you a new pure life. God's perfect son 
Jesus died and came alive again so you can be made pure from your problem of sin. The Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves you so very much that he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross where he took the punishment for your sin. Whosoever means whoever. You can choose to believe on Jesus. Anyone can do that. To believe in Jesus is to turn away from your sin and trust him completely that his death was the payment God required to take away your punishment for sin. And God says, if you believe in Jesus, you won't perish. Perish means to be separated from God. If you believe in Jesus, you won't perish. You won't be separated from God. Instead, you'll have everlasting life. You get that as soon as you believe in Jesus, and it continues even after you die when you go to heaven. Will you believe on Jesus today? If you're ready to make that decision, you can tell him something like this and truly mean it. Dear Jesus, I have sinned and I am sorry. I believe you died and rose again. Please give me everlasting life. Please change me on the inside to live your way with your help. In Jesus' name, amen. If you choose to believe on Jesus, then he will give you everlasting life. If you would like to read about Samuel and how he chose to keep his life pure, you can read about it in the Bible in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 11 to 26. And 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 2, verses 11 to 26. And 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 to 21. Well, that's all for this time. See you next time. Bye.